Hello everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Gaming in the Wild, a video games podcast about games from the creative artistic side of the tracks, from indie to AAA. My name's John, I'm your host, and this week, here in Reykjavik, I'm really happy to be back home after my recent trip. I've been settling back into the gaming life, you know when you're away. You might have a Switch, I mean I had my laptop, I had my Switch, I had an iPad. It's not quite the same, it's not quite the same as being with your preferred setup, being with your consoles or your PC if you're a PC person. And I've been really happy to be back with my big nice screen and uh, consoles. And whilst it was really great to get out, out there in the world, there is also a lot to be said for coming home and enjoying your your place. And if you're a gamer, enjoying your gaming setup. And I've been doing that. Um, while I was on holiday, of course, PS Plus launched. And um, for the last week since I got back, I started Ghost of Tsushima pretty much straight away and had been playing it for hours every day. I really got into it. I think I was up to 16 hours or something in a week and enjoying it immensely. But then along came a game that I've been waiting for for two years now, pretty much, give or take. Um, and that's the game that I'm going to talk about today. It's the game that is currently tearing up the internet, with good reason. It is the cat game, in inverted commas, Stray. So Stray is going to be the featured game of this episode. Um, I played through it in the two days since it came out and completed it. I'm currently halfway through another playthrough because I wanted to get back in there. I wasn't ready to let go of it just yet. You know, sometimes you're waiting for a game for so long um, and it flashes by so quickly, especially if it's an indie game. I had that experience with The Pathless. I felt like I'd been waiting for it for a really long time. And then I finally got to be in that world and it was gone in like three sessions. I loved it so much that I just did everything you can do in the game, got the platinum trophy. And then was left thinking, damn, that, that came so quickly and, um, it, and it was gone again. And it, I had the same thing with Solar Ash, actually. That's a game that I'd been waiting for for a really long time. And then um, played through it in two evenings and just wanted so much more of it. Um, it's a sign of a good game, right? If the main critique you have of it is that you wanted more, that means it was a good game. And Stray is definitely one of those. I'm really excited to talk about Stray today. But before I do that, let me just mention that there was a, a big old spike in people listening to the show last week, um, which was really great, really nice to see on the analytics there. It was the episode about The Wild at Heart, um, a pretty little indie game. Um, and I've been wondering why. Why did people suddenly flood to the podcast? It got like 1,300 listens as opposed to the usual 500 on a good week. Um, so it more than doubled the usual listenership. And I went to the, the game's Discord and went to the game's Reddit, and I was thinking, this must have come from somewhere. Um, but I've, I'm still not sure where this this um, this big spike in listeners came from, just for the Wild at Heart episode. If you are someone that found the podcast last week, please do come and tweet at me. It's, it's keeping me awake. I'm thinking, where did these people come from? It's great that so many people found the show. I'd love to know where they came from. So please do tweet at me or message me on something uh, and let me know if you've just found the show and if you're a new listener. I will also mention that this show is patron supported. So thank you very much to all of my patrons who keep the wheels turning. Um, you can become one at patreon.com slash gaming in the wild for as little as a dollar a month or three or five. I also have a Ko-Fi account. 
Um, I spent some money this month on game soundtracks. I tend to buy all of the music that I use in the show. Um, so the Stray soundtrack that we're going to listen to today, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I bought it on Bandcamp and I did the same with The World at Heart last week. So a lot of that Patreon money goes into the pockets of musicians that make music for video games. Um, usually buy it on Bandcamp. It also goes into things like equipment upgrades to make the show sound better. I'm starting to think I would like a new mic, so maybe that's going to be my next patron goal. If you would like to support that and join the Discord community that we have, people who listen and support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash gaminginthewild. I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. And thank you very much to all of my existing patrons and to you if that's something that sounds interesting. And with that said, let's move on and talk about the featured game of this episode... Stray. So Stray is a 2022 game. It just came out. It came out two days ago at the time of recording, July 2022. Um, It's developed by Blue 12, a small French studio. Uh, It's their debut game. It's published by Annapurna Interactive. Nice to see Annapurna back on top. Really a big fan of that publisher and their work, and it's nice to, to see them putting out great indie games. It's out for the PlayStation 4 and 5, including on PS Plus Extra. It's also out on PC, um, although I have heard some reports that the PC version um, has a few technical issues, so maybe hold off for a little bit if you're going to play it on PC. Um, I played it on a PS5, and I have to say that the performance was near flawless. Um, it was one of the most technically impressive Uh, games that I've played on that console. Um, And this game has been in the works for a while, and it's been in the public consciousness for a while. It started in 2016 under the the title AK Project. Um, It was announced in June of 2020 at a a Sony presentation, and I remember this distinctly. Like, I was really into this game from the first glimpse that we got of it. There was something about seeing this cat running through a a neon cyberpunk world with a little backpack on. It was just fascinating. I haven't seen anything else quite like it, and it just just caught the imagination in this very impressive way. Wasn't just me, it was pretty much everyone. I think everyone has been very excited for Stray, and at the very least curious about this game. I mean, my thoughts were just like, why? Why is this cat there? How? Like, why is it wearing a backpack, and and when can I play this game? Um, And the answer was longer than you you might have expected. Um, The game was delayed a couple of times. It initially had a 2021 release window. It was bumped back to early 2022 and then summer 2022 and and, uh, and now it's here. And I have to say that the delays worked out. Um, Delays might not be the most fun for people that are expecting a game, um, anticipating a game, but they are ultimately good for the game if it needs that time. And from playing Stray and just being so impressed with what has been achieved with it, um, especially from a technical standpoint, um, you've you got to say that the delay was the right move here. And since release, it has hit hard. Um, it feels like the whole internet has exploded with talk about this game. It was trending on Twitter on the day of release, for me at least, although I know Twitter, uh, Twitter? Twitter trends are uh, tailored to individuals, but um, it had hundreds of thousands of people tweeting about it all at once. Um, pretty impressive. And a whole 
really funny meme has come out of this game just completely naturally as well. At least it seems that way. There is a Twitter account that I saw today called at cats watching stray. Um, and this is where people post footage of them playing stray and their pets are responding to the cats on the screen, responding to the meows or dogs. There's just that their pets are freaking out. Their cats and dogs are completely fascinated by what they're seeing and hearing. Um, that didn't happen with me. There is a cat that comes into my house on most days. It's not mine. It lives downstairs. And it was with me pretty much the whole time that I played this game and did not bat an eyelid. It did not care. It moved around the room. It slept in three different places, did not respond to the meows. But at Cats Watching Stray is a really good Twitter, and I recommend it to see uh, pets freaking out because of meows coming from the TV. Um, there's also been a, a big marketing push around the game. There have been events at cat cafes there have been cat harnesses and backpacks that your cat can sit in with its head sticking out of the top so annapurna must be purring um, about the release of this game it has gone wild everyone's talking about it and with good reason i have seen some critics being a little sniffy about whether this is just cat people freaking out online um it's not this game is great um and it fully deserves the explosion of enthusiasm that has greeted the release um, this is borne out by Metacritic. It's currently sitting at an 84, which is a pretty respectable score, but which I think is a little low, as I will explain throughout my review. How long to beat has the game at four and a half hours to complete? Um, let me just see here. With five and a half hours for extras and seven hours for completionists. Uh, it took me five and a half on my first playthrough, and I have started a second playthrough pretty much straight away. I just wanted more of this game. I was not ready to leave this world, and I just wanted to walk around a little more and just look at everything. It's just so nice to look at. And the devs described this game as... Stray is a third-person cat adventure game sat amidst the detailed, neon-lit alleys of a decaying cyber city. Roam high and low, defend against unforeseen threats, and solve the mysteries of this unwelcoming place, inhabited by curious droids and dangerous creatures. And my little synopsis of the game is that it is a rich, beautifully crafted sci-fi adventure in which you explore an engrossing, neon-lit future city, meet mournful robots, untangle a compelling mystery, and learn to see the world through the eyes of a small, nimble cat. And this game begins uh, with a stray cat living in a, a strange, vertical, kind of concrete, nowhere space. And you don't know really what it is at the start, this space. Um, you get a title card that flashes up every time you start a new area. And the title card for that first area is Inside the Walls. Um, and it's a brutalist concrete space with diagonal sloping walls, with rusted pipes. And as the, the, the titular stray, you scramble along walkways, uh, metal walkways, you leap over hanging girders that are dangling in the space. And they move really satisfyingly as you jump onto them and they adjust to your weight. This game has lovely physics. Uh, and you pad along rusty pipes that just lining the walls and you start finding your way through this space that would it would not be possible for a human to move through this space but it is possible for a cat you can jump onto anything um, it's it's really fun to move around in the game and that's the opening of the game but your cat slips it takes a long fall uh, broken by a giant heap of trash far down inside the walls and it becomes clear that you've uh, fallen into a pretty strange place 
and your cat is a little injured and limps around a little before getting its stride back. This is all within the first five or ten minutes of the game, so it's not a spoilers by any means. Um, and then you realise that you're in this strange, sealed, forgotten city down at the bottom of those walls. Um, and it starts off pretty linear. Um, and I will say that for all of the praise that I am going to heap on this game, it starts off, I would say, a little weak. Um, a lot of what makes the game interesting isn't quite possible at the start, like you haven't found your little companion yet, and so you are just a cat. You can't uh, read anything, you can't respond to anything, you can't really pick anything up, and so you're just leaping around from place to place. Um, I think that the intention of the opening section of the game is just to teach you about the movement and to teach you how to look. And what I mean by that is that it takes um, a little bit of time to adjust to the controls of the cat. Um, the way that it jumps is unusual, I would say. But also how to see the world. Like if you're playing something like, let's say like a Crash Bandicoot, let's say like a 3D platformer, uh, where you're running along and you hit jump and you jump and you can change direction midair. You can see the platforms at eye level. You jump onto them. You know when to double jump. You know what you can grab onto. Uh, this game does not have traditional 3D platformer controls, despite superficially looking like one. And um, the way that this game works is that when you are walking around as the cat, which is very quick and maneuverable. If you see a surface that you could jump onto, a little prompt appears, a tiny white X appears on the screen, just like a little dot. Um, and that means that if you hit X, your cat will jump up to that dot. And so, for example, if you're running down an alleyway and to your left there is a pipe and to your right there is like a, a girder, um, if you look to the left, that little white X will appear on the pipe, hit X, and the cat will pause for just a second and then leap up onto it. So it's it feels slightly automated in a way that I wasn't quite used to. And it's really not like, you know, all games are automated. It's, it seems like a, a strange differentiation to make. But the, the free movement and the free jumping that you experience in most 3D platformers is different here. It's, it's a semi-automated jump where you're really selecting the end point of the jump rather than hitting your button to trigger the start of the jump, if you know what I mean. Um, which, I don't know if that explains it to you, but hopefully it did. So there's a little bit of getting used to that. And there is also this way of looking that I mentioned, which means that it's not always clear. It's not like you're running forwards and you can see colorful platforms and you're like, okay, that's where I can go. I could go there, I could go there. It's more like um, a very involved and engrossing urban environment that seems kind of real. Like a lot of the spaces that you're moving through in this opening section are between spaces. It's like the side of, you, you're climbing up the side of an apartment block, which has balconies, which has aircon units, which are humming, which has uh, pipes, and which has just electric boxes, like those functional electrical boxes that are cladding um, the tower blocks of cities. And we don't really know what they do. We know that they are the functionality of the building. Um, and you have to start looking for those. You have to start looking not so much at what's in front of you, but what's above and below you. Um, and, and it's a very vertical game in that sense. So you have to learn how to look. You have to learn how to um, start to feel your way through this jumping technique. Um, and I think that the, the opening section of the game, for me, felt a little empty because it is just a linear A to B that is teaching you how to play the game uh, in a very hands-on way. 
Um, but there are also lots of interesting little urban spaces, like under some steel stairs or round the corner of the alleyway in a pile full of trash bags. And I found myself falling into a very gamer trap of looking for things to pick up, looking for things to find, looking for things that I could interact with. And in the opening section, there isn't anything. You can't interact with anything. I think there is um, one puzzle where you have to drop a bucket into um, an extractor fan to stop the blades. And that's it, that's your lot. Um, and I had like a bit of the fear at this point. I was like, oh no, is this game gonna be a really empty gameplay experience? Um, and I was a little worried. Um, I think in my first playthrough of the game, it took an hour for me to just run around, explore every corner and find my way to where the game really begins. On my second playthrough that I did today, or I started today, it took me only 30 minutes to do it. And because I knew that this was just the learning wheels area, um, I was fine with it. I was just enjoying the movement, enjoying running around and being the cat. Um, so just be warned if you do play the game to stick with it until you get to the first hub area, because that is where the game really begins. This is where my eyes really started to open um, and a smile spread across my face. The first area that you'll come to, the first populated area, it's called the slums and it's a cavernous space in perpetual darkness that it looks like um, the kind of neighborhood where Deckard might be found eating his noodles in Blade Runner, but there is no one there. There are no humans there. Um, there are robots there. There are droids that have of humanoid bodies and they have little square heads that look like an old-fashioned monitor um, and they'll have a, like a pixel art graphic that will show their facial expression they're really cute they are pretty japanese in style they're wearing japanese style peaked straw hats um, and i think it's here that i have to start talking about the game's visuals um, this game is stunning you've probably seen screenshots by now uh, with that that detailed neon piping and uh, different colored lights reflecting on the, the wet concrete, the detail of the buildings and the detail of the environment. Um, there are grimy alleyways, it's just dirty and dark, and the light is just amazing. Pink and yellow and green neon light, some warm and some cold, some white electric light, like a street light, some uh, gas lights. It's just an absolutely beautiful environment to run through. The lighting is something that you will notice, but it's also the detail of the buildings, the detail of the doorways, the textures that you'll see on everything, and the arrangement of um, ephemeral objects like bikes leaning against walls, like big wheelie bins with flipping tops. And if the, the top is open, you can't jump on it. But if the top is closed, then you can. And you can jump on most of what you can see, but it's just, it's so amazing to look at. It's so incredibly detailed. Um, there is dripping water coming down from gutters and you can drink it as a cat. Um, you can see the humming aircon fans, the flickering neon lights of uh, closed shops and just um, advertisements in a strange language. Um, it feels still and um, stale. You can almost feel the stillness in the air of this strange indoor city, but it also feels alive. Um, you can feel the absence of life. Um, and you can just see these mournful robots just uh, 
plodding around doing their thing it's it's believable in a strange way and th and th that's a great quality for um a science fiction game like this one you do also move through some apartments at the start of the game and the interiors are just as good um the dappled glass of the windows and the way that the light reflects and diffuses through them the uh, the details of interiors like worn sofas and if you scratch them with your cat claws then dust will fly off them um, the flickering light from a TV, the lighting again. If you come into um, the room of an apartment, the living room, and a TV is on with just a white screen and that white light casts a shadow of your cat as you pad across like a patterned rug, uh, jump up onto a table, knock down some mugs or water bottles, um, everything, it looks like a lived-in apartment. I think the only other game that has had this level of detail of interiors and city space that I have played um, it's maybe The Last of Us 2. Um, I think that Cyberpunk 2077 has a beautiful example of a, a brutalist, um, smashed together, different architecture, mega city. But it's a very different proposition to this one. I, I think this is on a more domestic scale. You know, it's not so much about those towering blocks that go off into the distance and spaceships flying overhead. Um, cyberpunk, if cyberpunk is on a macro scale, then Stray is on a micro scale. It's about the intimacy of a domestic space and it's about small networks of streets that you can explore. Um, and it's just such a treat to look at. It's an absolute feast, really. Um, I took so many screenshots. I found myself stopping moving and just scrolling the camera around to take it all in, to drink it in. Um, and there's something about the, the visual style of it as well, the way that it's rendered. Um, there's a lot of graphic design in this world, um, in logos and signage. There is a made-up language with its own symbolism um, that is everywhere, and there's just signs and graffiti everywhere. Um, and the colouring of it is wonderful. It's just so rich and dark and dense. There's a very slight grain to it. Um, I, um, it brought to mind both the texture of Blade Runner's Neo Tokyo, um, but also like science fiction oil paintings. There's something quite painterly about it, as realistic as it is. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful in motion, it's dynamic, it's detailed, it's almost like theatre sets sometimes. Um, I was reminded sometimes of the way that um, areas in Kentucky Route Zero were set up. For example, when you, you pull up next to a car on a dark road, the headlights are on, there are horses in front of the car and their shadows just seem so long. And it has this almost Hitchcockian uh, stagecraft, stage design to the way that the, the location is presented. Um, it was one of my favourite things about Kentucky Route Zero, um, doing a lot with a little the way that game did. Um, and this game brought to mind that same sense of visual design, of stage set design. Um, every shot was just cinematic and beautiful um, and meticulously made. I absolutely love that part of this game. But all of that wouldn't mean much if it wasn't fun to move around in this game. And this was the big question that I had leading up to the release of Stray. It was, is it going to feel good? Can they capture the feeling of being a cat, moving as a cat, that fluid movement, the rapid changes of pace, the uh, improbable jumps? 
um, the things that we love seeing cats do, can they capture that? Can they strip away some of the awkwardness that lies between you know, your mind and your fingers on a plastic controller and the movement of a cat on the screen? Um, and I'm happy to say that they, they have managed to do that here. Um, I had my doubts at first when I first saw that prompt system to jump, but it really works once you've settled into it. Um, and you really are just a cat in this game. You're not an anthropomorphic cat. You're not a cat with special abilities. You're not a cat that can speak or that can do magic or anything. You are just a cat. Um, and as such, you do cat things. And it's it's the cat simulator element of this that has perhaps endeared it to people before they'd even gotten their hands on it is absolutely worthwhile and is an incredible aspect of this game's appeal. Um, you see everything from very low down in this game. The camera is very low to the ground. It's not a perspective that we usually see the world from in games. Um, and so it makes everything look that much bigger. Like human doors look so big. The buildings look even bigger. The robots tower over you when you stand around their knees and around their ankles. Um, and, and that makes the perspective of the game very cool. Um, and it makes you notice things differently. As I was saying before, you see little, you see little cracks, you see little crevices, you see the, the corner of a, a mesh fence that is loose. Um, you might see like a window that is just a tiny bit ajar, not things that you would normally notice in a game, but when you're a cat, you can use that to your advantage. You have to see those things. Um, and you slip through those windows, you slip through those small spaces. You are very maneuverable. Um, when you turn in Stray, your cat just turns immediately. If you push from right to left, it does that incredible thing that cats do with their, their bendy spines where they just turn on a sixpence. Um, you change speed from just a very gentle trot to a canter to like a real uh, sprint. Um, all of the animation looks absolutely beautiful and it feels so good. It feels so good to run fast, to change direction, to um, hold down the jump button, to chain jumps together. Once you get used to the controls of this game, you really do feel like a tiny acrobat. And, and that's what a cat is, you know. It's just a tiny, tiny acrobat, a beautiful, furry little acrobat. And you, you get that feeling in this game. Uh, you can leap improbable distances, like to the top of a chain link fence. Um, you have to look for those little alternate routes and you start to see the city through the cat's eyes. You realize that no one's going to notice you. Like maybe you can just walk past that guard. Um, you really do grow into moving and behaving like a cat in this game. And it's also slick and dynamic and, and well considered. It's not, it's not something that I've really experienced in a game before, I think. And you also get to do cat stuff. You get to scratch rugs. You get to tear at wallpaper with your claws. You can knock things over. Sometimes you'll hit triangle. You'll get a button prompt to push a pot of paint off of a table. The paint will splatter all over the floor. You can cause all kinds of mischief. If you see walking pedestrian droids, you can trip them over and they'll fall flat on their face sometimes. You can meow. There is a, a dedicated meow button. Um, and your meow will sometimes have gameplay 
uh, implications as well. You can use it to make things happen, to get attention of someone. You can use your scratching to pull down a curtain that will open up a window forward. And so it's not just the pleasure of being like a little asshole cat in that kind of untitled goose game kind of way than just wreaking havoc on human living environments because you want to. Um, it's also used in gameplay. You will use your claws to pull down wires um, and things like that. So I would say that the, the catness of it all is, is a really well integrated into the feel of it, but also the, the gameplay experience. But there are also in different ways to interact with this world. You, despite being a naturalistic cat, you, you meet and befriend a drone. Um, and that drone will come with you on your journey. The drone will talk to the cat and try and explain itself. It will explain its confusion. It will explain that it's lost many of its memories, that it's been stuck in a mainframe for centuries. Um, and its memories will come back slowly as you travel through the game. Um, this droid will remember things about the past. It will remember things about what happened to humanity. It can translate signage and graffiti. Um, it can communicate and converse with droids. So if droids speak, then you will see their text. They make like a, a burbling robot sound when they speak, uh, but you can read their text dialogue and they have interesting things to say. Um, the drone also has a torch for dark places. It can hack locked doors if you hit square, and it can examine and collect objects. You open and close your inventory by looking in the droid's inventory. It digitizes objects and then reproduces them for you. And it's an interesting aspect of this game that I didn't think about until after I'd finished. I was like, does the cat understand anything that this droid is saying or doing? Because everything that you're doing in this game, for example, if you need to retrieve something from a box, you can jump onto a shelf. You'll get a button prompt for triangle. You hit triangle a couple of times and the cat will just knock the box off the shelf. Um, and it will fall down and open and something will fall out and your cat will run over and pour that thing and the droid will be like, oh look, it's just, just what I need. It's a battery that I need for that door over there. Um, but that's something that a cat would do anyway. And it only occurred to me after the final scene of the game, I was like, did this cat know anything of what was happening here? Or was it just being a cat throughout the entire game? It's very unusual for the, the protagonist that you are controlling um, to be just uh, dumb for a start in that it doesn't speak at all, doesn't express anything beyond the occasional hiss or meow. Um, and as you're traveling through the city of this game, um, it's, it's perfectly possible that the cat was just being a cat the whole time. And I thought that was like a really interesting little twist in the tail, pun intended, and I'm sorry. So I went into this game completely blind and I enjoyed that experience of it. I knew very little of the game and had not listened to any reviews or watched any reviews at the time that I played the game. And I really enjoyed the experience of going in completely blind, of knowing nothing about this world at all. And whilst I'm not going to give any spoilers in this podcast, I think it is worth saying that I'm going to talk a little bit now just about the premise, just about the basics. No reveals, no plot details. Um, but there is a certain sense of discovery that you get when you play this game completely from scratch and knowing nothing that I just want to flag that if that's something that you would like to experience yourself, 
Um, I am going to talk a little bit about what's happening in this world now. Um, it plays out across the first two acts of the game. I would say the first third to half of the game. You're just picking up little details. So if you want to duck out now, that's cool. Um, but what's happening here is that human life is long gone. Um, in this city, the, the droids are living out a listless twilight experience. Um, they sort trash, they forage for materials. Um, this city is a cold, dark place. It's been co closed for a long time. Um, there is a dark uh, roof overhead with some distant lights and circles that almost look like stars, but they're in circles. It's an artificial lighting far above your head, uh, very far away. Um, some sit in the streets wrapped in blankets, they're cold, it's damp, it's dripping. Some amuse themselves with games and just play rounds and rounds and rounds of mahjong or dominoes. Um, it's kind of cute and it's also kind of melancholic. Um, and when you first appear in the slums, the, the robots are alarmed. Uh, they're slamming doors, they're running away. And that's because they live in fear. Um, all is not well in this world. The robots have been here for hundreds of years um, and there is an infestation going on. There are swarms of parasites outside of set safe zones that are guarded and sealed off. And that's where the robots live in the safe zones. And these are parasites called zerks. They eat flesh, they eat uh, metal, and they swarm onto anything that moves. Um, and you will have to encounter them um, at some points in your journey. Um, you have to traverse between different safe zones to talk to different communities of droids that have become disconnected over time uh, because of the zerks. Um, and the reason that you're doing that is that there is a group of four distinctive robots called the Outsiders. And they're not called Outsiders because they are like social um, outcasts or anything like that. They're called Outsiders because they want to get outside. They're tired of being in this sealed city. Um, and they are just a group of four droids that have studied everything they can find about the outside which is almost mythical at this point. The droids have been down here for so long um, and without people, which they they revere. They call them precursors. Um, so they've kind of invented their own history. They've invented their own language over time and their own society. Um, and you're moving through that society as you move through the game. Uh, you're encountering the different outsiders and learning about their different personalities um, and their, their will to get out. Um, and as the cat, you know, presumably wants to get out of this strange place that's found itself in, and your droid companion very much wants to get out too, you end up aligning with these outsiders. Um, all four of them are very interesting, and you have to run through these different zones, carrying out little puzzles, doing little exploration tasks, and opening doors, and doing little battery puzzles, and things like that, to try and find them, to get knowledge from them, and to progress through the game. And it really does feel like a, a journey. It feels like a mini odyssey as you move through the different areas from inside the walls and that dripping concrete nowhere, that interstitial space, to the slums of the dead city, the really amazing first area that's just drowning in trash thrown from above. 
there is this amazing Ronin meets you when all of the droids are running away. He's like the guardian of the slums and he has like a, a staff and he does this amazing mindful kata. And he kind of confronts you at the start. There's so much personality in him. He's like the guardian of this forgotten village at the bottom of the city. Um, you'll move on to a village with plants that need no light, a very verdant area, very vertical. Um, and all of the communication has been cut off between these areas because of the infection. And you will have to run away, have to run through some drainage gutters and sewers to get between these places. Um, and these are the kind of escape sections of the game that you might have seen footage of. Eventually you'll get up to a busy midtown area, just a beautiful, glowing, neo-Tokyo city with lights and shops, cafes and bars, and really bustly life going on up there. And I won't spoil any more of it, but I will just say that moving through all of these different areas felt like a real journey to me. I was drinking it in the whole way. Um, the fragments of story that you get along the way, um, the sense of longing in every pinned-up postcard of a beach, robots watching a TV channel that's just a forest with swaying leaves just sitting alone. There is a sense of loss and longing, of waiting interminably, um, and just the detail of this world is just so immersive and beautiful. I really, I really was taken with this game. It was such a mood. I absolutely loved it. All of the chats you have with the droids along the way, all of the little existential thoughts they have, the different personalities, it starts to paint like a really rich, vivid picture of this scenario and this world. Um, and the, the story doesn't really go to wild places, uh, but it does have a very satisfying conclusion. Um, I was really happy with this game when I finally got to the end of it. So let's run through a few of those highlights and lowlights. Um, first of all, the visuals, it's just absolutely stellar. This looks like a AAA game to me. The attention to detail, the lighting, the fizzing, flickering neon signs, the apartments lit by a single TV or an open fridge, the Neo-Tokyo grime on all those wet wooden pallets, cracked concrete, graffiti and trash, and dripping walls, paired with like a, a near flawless technical performance. It just, it's an absolute treat and it just gets better as you go. Um, the sound and music has to be talked about. The ambient electronic music is wonderful. Um, there is also a secondary soundtrack of music that you'll hear on radios and TV sets. It's a little more um, got more beats to it. it, sounds like more like you're listening to a radio station, and then there is that beautiful wash of ambient music that will just rise for atmosphere as you play. The sound design is amazing, the running water, the, the humming of machinery, the, the sound of space, the sound of a, a, a huge indoor space, the sound of silence almost. It's an airy, spacious city sound. It's just very, very cool. Uh, the footsteps of the cat as you run across metal or wood or concrete. Um, the robot voices. Um, it's all just absolutely beautiful to listen to. Um, the naturalistic cat movement, that was the make or break deal breaker for me for Stray. And it's really good. Um, I really loved all of the the, uh, the cat touches, the being an asshole, spoiling someone's chess game, knocking over the pieces, jumping up on a desk to scare someone tipping over a, a bucket of paint. It was just so much fun being a cat in this game. 
Um, there's details in the gameplay as well. Like um, as, as you're looking up the side of a building, trying to chart your path, you might see that there are little tassels blowing from a certain aircon unit, might catch your eye, or just like a spray-painted arrow that looks like part of the scenery. It's much better than that usual yellow climbing ledge or white climbing ledge that you'll see in Horizon or God of War. It's subtle here. The hints are there, um, but after that initial tutorial section, they are woven into the life of the city, the, the fabric of the city, um, like a cable that might lead you from one place to another, to a battery, a power source. Everything that you're supposed to do is visibly legible uh, pretty much all of the time. And I really respect that design sensibility, that mindful design that just shepherds you through the experience. It allows you to feel free. Um, you get a constant sense of discovery. Um, the puzzles in this game are not hard, like finding a battery or uh, finding, like getting someone an item of clothing. To get the item of clothing, you might have to change something in a, a clothes shop or break in as a cat. You know, they're, they're, they're always fun, they're varied, um, and they are simple, but you feel like a genius when you're doing them. Like there's something about this game that takes you everywhere you need to go by guiding you there, but at the same time, you feel like you are discovering it. Um, and that is something very special and a real achievement that this game has uh, achieved. Um, I will also say that the, the chase sequences and the stealth sequences, I, I generally hate stealth gameplay and I really don't like chase sequences. That's what killed Metroid Dread for me. I couldn't play it. I just found it stressful and irritating and trying to run away and survive whilst also seeing where I'm supposed to go next. But it works here. Um, there's not much of it. The action sequences break up the very gentle exploration, vertical exploration sequences where you're just exploring the city and finding things. Um, so they really do break up the, the gameplay um, and they're actually kind of fun. Um, I died probably about 15 times in this game or 20 times max over four, four and a half, five and a half hours. Um, so there's not a lot of dying. It's very forgiving. The restart points are forgiving. Um, and so even if those sections do get you a couple of times, it's not like you're being thrown back a long way. You rarely have to play more than replay more than 10 seconds of gameplay. Um, and the fact that the mechanics work well and the traversal works well, the visual signposting is there. It's not too hard and everything just works the way it should. Um, it's just miraculous, really, that it can, can com combine so many of these elements that are traditionally things that I don't like, and I still absolutely love it. Um, in terms of the negatives, I will say that that first chapter that took an hour, the first uh, playthrough that I did, pretty weak, pretty linear. Uh, some people really like it because it's the, the, the most pure cat gameplay of the whole game. It's before you get your backpack and your little droid that will pop out of it. Um, it's before you get an inventory and before you can read the graffiti. Um, so some people preferred that and would have liked it to stay that way. But for me, that first section was just a little light on gameplay. I really had a moment of fear after that first hour thinking, oh God, is it going to be like a really hollow gameplay experience? Uh, but thankfully, um, it really, really opens up at the first hub. You get your droid friend. Suddenly it's more like a, a tight little wide linear 
vertical open world section for you to explore. Um, and suddenly the game just came to life, you know, it really splitted into life. And I was like, yes, this is the stray that I was hoping for. And it just completely won me over across the playtime. Um, I will also say that there is just about enough to do in each area of the game. There is one side quest in each area, but most of it is critical path and most of it you will stumble over. Um, I did wish in, uh, for example, in Midtown, which is a very impressive area, um, and even in the first area, the slums, I wished that there was a little more for me to do, not because there isn't enough to do in the game, like it's very concise, um, everything that is there is there for a reason, but more just because I wanted to linger. I would have liked to do some silly little jobs for people, like just take this bread to this guy, take this circuit board to this guy, like just little, you know, like in Ori and the Will of the Wisps, there's like that hand-to-hand -hand quest. I think I would have liked to do just silly little jobs for stall owners and street robots. Um, that would have been really nice just to give me more optional content. I just really wanted to spend more time in the game, which is more of a compliment than a flaw. Um, I really don't have much criticism here. I've got that there are a couple of tedious trophies, if you're interested in that kind of thing. There is one to speedrun the game in two hours. There is one to sleep for an entire hour. And I'm not a trophy guy, but I did look through them. And I don't know, those ones are just annoying. They're annoying trophies. Like, you know, there's a climate catastrophe going on and the game's going to make people just leave their PS5 running for an hour, like the million people that play this game and want to get all the trophies. Please just don't, you know. Um, but as for wanting more, I will say that, like, that's the sign of a good game. And I really do hope for more. I really hope for a DLC. I really hope for Stray 2. I would absolutely lap it up. And that's my second cat pun. I've only allowed myself to, and it was absolutely intended. Um, and that's it, really. I don't know what more you could ask for from an indie game. This looks like a AAA game. It plays wonderfully. Um, I've seen it described as a walking simulator plus, but I think there's enough gameplay here. I haven't even mentioned some of the mechanics in the game because I don't want to spoil them for you. Uh, and while it's not a flawless game, I will say that it's just so well conceived and so lovingly crafted and so well executed and just such a mood. Like, I loved being in this city. Um, I just want to run around in this city for hours, never mind the the narrative of the game, which is quite interesting. And never mind the, you know, the, the, the catness of it all, as I said before, it's just such a cool space to explore. Um, it's an absolute treat. Um, this game is, for me, despite the, the couple of flaws that I've mentioned, it's pretty much a 10 out of 10 game. I don't know what more I could ask for. That's Stray. So that's my review of Stray. I hope that you enjoyed it. I absolutely loved this game. Um, I'm really happy with it. It's everything that I wanted. Um, I've been taking so many screenshots. I've become a little obsessed with it. I've put it on my, my computer desktop. I've got it on my phone desktop. I just never want to stop looking at this world, honestly. I've been Googling if I can get posters of it. Maybe I'm just going to print out one of those amazing street views from Midtown with those neon signs cladding the walls. Um, it's just absolutely beautiful, honestly. Such a cool game. Um, I hope that you enjoy it. I would love to hear your thoughts on Stray. I would love to see your favourite screenshots and the video that you took. 
um, of being a little cat asshole in your playthrough. I've been posting a lot of it on Twitter. I'm at Gaming in the Wild, and you can tweet at me or tag me. I'd be love to see what you're doing in Stray as well. Um, you can also find me on uh, Facebook, YouTube, on Twitch. Maybe I will stream a little bit of Stray, actually, just running around and talking about the game. It's kind of a fun game now that I've completed it. I could just explore and polish off some of those extra little bits and pieces, getting all of the collectible badges that you can get and stuff like that. Um, and thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for being here. Um, you can also support the show on Patreon if you enjoyed it. And if you are one of those 700 people that just found the show somehow and you happen to be listening again, do let me know how you found it. I'd love to get to the bottom of that mystery. Okay, take care of yourselves and each other. Bye-bye for now.